Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond. I'm very lucky to be joined by uh, Simon, um, who is from Penny.io. Simon, uh, we've been talking for about 10 minutes and I'm really embarrassed. That I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking Chief Customer Officer is your title. Is, is, that, is that correct? That yes. Right. I, I nearly got that wrong. I uh, had, a, had a moment of brain fog and I thought, I'm pretty sure that is correct. Um, well, look, Simon, thank you for joining me. And um, yeah, before we jump into the podcast, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself and, and what Penny.io uh, do. Yeah, thank you for being here, um, of course. Uh, thank you for, for having me on. Uh, so as you said, my name is uh, Simon Bintholm. It's very Danish. Sorry about that. Um so I have a background in uh, behavioral psychology or behavioral economics, if you want, and, and machine learning, and spent around 15 years on on digitizing uh, sales of insurances until I, I joined uh, Penny. In Penny, we have a, a SaaS platform uh, enabling insurers to put their product on the platform and then uh, basically do embedded insurance uh, digitally, uh, as a plug and play solution uh, that mm-hmm. is extremely scalable. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, I, I mean, embedded. Uh, I've got to start with this. Uh, yes. I, I think I've spoken about embedded more this year than well, anyone, <laughs> anyone would ever need to. Um, um, but we, we, we've had multiple players, uh, you know, from mm-hmm. the embedded space come on. And, and, <sighs> How do you differentiate yourself? What, what's what's specifically unique about um, you know the Penny.io business? Um, because because there are these sort of alternative platforms. Yes, there surely are. Um, so I, I would mainly point to to two or three things, but uh, but the one being um, we've actually spent a lot of time on how are you doing a, a digital customer journey that converts. So this is not taking the existing products of insurance or reinsurers uh, and just exposing it online mm-hmm. uh, because well people's basic interest in insurance is just uh, well it's it's just a, a ladder above my death basically right uh, mm. in interest <laughs> so you have to 
how do you, how do you design a customer journey where you support a decision process for for the for the for the end customers and and, mm. um, and then of course we've done it for for a long time and that means that that we have the data across our platform where we run the split test and stuff like that and figure out what works so how many uh, pixels should there be of shadow on a on a on a CTA for a motor insurance I wow. actually know that one and and how much uh, it it converts uh, additionally if it's uh, five or three or four pixels well, wow. I tested one one to eight pixels um, <laughs> and how much it, it gives right um so so that's one of the things and and that's coming from a data play and from a behavioral psychology uh, by behavioral psychology play uh, and then we build a platform that is extremely scalable. Um, so our basic end goal here is having the best convert, uh, convertible or conversion uh, uh, journey and then being able to expose it to as many partners, we call them partners or embedders as possible because this is at the end of the day, this is digital. Um, as, as any digital company would uh, would tell you, uh, this is a top funnel game, right? So the more partners, uh, the more impressions, the more you just actually end up with in GVP. Uh, so we start out when we when we when we get clients clients as as insurance or insurance companies or reinsurers in, in through the door, we actually start on saying, how do we get you to the place where when with this product you want to sell now, you want to do embedded insurance with. How do we get that out to a hundred partners? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because we build it that way that the effort for the partners is almost zero. We, we usually, I think the average time right now is around 22, no, 42 minutes for a partner to go live um, without us having to done it, do anything or they have to do anything. So that is the IT project of, wow. the, of the partner. That's 42 minutes. Right. So that, of course, means like all the sudden you have to think of as an, as an insurer, the only thing you have to worry about is how do you make, how do you maintain a partner organization that way? How do you handle partner operations? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we have the platform for doing that. And like you would expect. Um, so that's that's the two uh, key things. Right. So the behavioral and the data supporting it con- continuously optimizing across the solutions. And, and, and then the scalability. Uh, and then I have to say, because that's also a lot uh, on the, uh, out there of our competitors are, are in some way or another owning the risk. I don't know, uh, not all of them are MGAs, but- uh, Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, but we are, we are a complete tech company. So we have uh, 50 people and are growing like 200% every year uh, that wakes up every morning and only thinks about embedded insurance uh, digitally nothing else um and yeah okay yeah that's that's i think that's an interesting point actually because i think uh, some embedded solutions have been built um with a different i don't know different emphasis in mind of course we talked about you mentioned there some some have been set up with digital mgas um obviously that's a that's a that's a different revenue model they're, they're, they're have, achieving different things um and then others have kind of I, I almost think that some people have come to the party with the ethos of that it makes perfect sense to me. I've, I've been in insurance a long time. It makes perfect sense as, a, as an added, uh, either as a proposition to an insurer, um, of course you want to do this, but also to like e-retailers or, or something like that, e-commerce. It makes perfect sense to be an add-on revenue stream. 
Um, but I think they've almost kind of some people have turned up and gone, well, of course it makes sense. And therefore, assuming that it will just fly, <laughs> you know, you know yeah. I, 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 I'm sure people haven't. And I don't want to oversimplify that. That makes me so very arrogant that, that I've thought it through and other people haven't. But there certainly doesn't, you know, and, and sometimes when I've asked that question, which is why I asked that question, is that, you know, I, 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 sometimes when it's met with a stonewall of silence of, a, well, what's different? I think if, if you struggle to articulate it, like, that's that's a worry as well. But um, building it technology first, um, is that where you think some of the gaps appear? Um, and I suppose I suppose what we're talking about there is being technology first bit versus being insurance first, because you're not coming to the table going, well, these are our products that we want to sell. Um, is that where the sort of gaps appear in the market for you then? Yes, uh, well, more or less, if you want to put it like that. Um, but it it means that we carry almost zero legacy, right? Mm. Um, and and that means that the flexibility and the speed in there is complete. Like it's insane in compared to everyone else, right? You know that every time you put on a product and you want to do something new with that product, you just it just gets a little slower and little slower. That that's basically that evolution of insurance right mm -hmm. um so so yeah i think that is but uh, like we are we're a strong team coming out of insurance uh technology uh but fairly like we saw a lot of our competitors if you want to uh, we, we tend to say like if you have the actual sale <laughs> of the digital sale of the insurance and then you have uh, you have everything that happens beneath like claim systems and uh, uh, customer relationship management systems and, and things like that Mm -hmm. um, that that we see that a lot of our competitors actually are moving downwards to right. that, and that 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 might might be because they need to do it in order to get live. Many insurance co companies have have actually problem of exposing like basic APIs on the products, right? Mm -hmm. um, or haven't really gotten to that part of the party yet. And, and our vision from day one was like, all right, if we have to say the sale, the only thing we are going to do is move upwards. Mm -hmm. like towards the partner <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. maybe even a bit left so we also can say what 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 does actually mean to uh, attract customers and stuff like that as an embedder not as an insurer that's a different mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. uh, right um mm -hmm. so we we have been extremely clear from from the get-go that's our current ceo who actually said it i think uh, four years ago in a in a in a beach house in a strategy session we are never moving downwards and never it's like all right we might have like a, a basic database where you can put in transactions and stuff like that for, because then you have the capability of actually testing products out without spending um a million euros on on putting it on the core system right um, sure. but otherwise from apart from that we will go upwards because that's the closer you get to the end customer the better data you get the the closer you get to actually having an impact on the top funnel part of this which mm -hmm. is actually the one that ends up impacting your gvp um mm -hmm. so so we're extremely focused in everything we do and this is a crucial point as well is that we are extremely focused on the technical result of our clients um yeah so so yeah. basically this is uh it's, it's the cost of sales game for us um mm -hmm. for our clients right um mm -hmm. Yeah, um, is it, yeah. I, I was just thinking about the sort of distribution there, um, and mm -hmm. it's it, the, your strategy moves it kind of closer to 
well, it's closer to a true partnership and and and, mm-hmm. and not not just a kind of a gimmick or a, or a distribution play of their existing capacity you know it, it mm-hmm. is genuine innovation genuine opportunities for kind of new products when you when you approach it in the only going up way versus going down um mm-hmm. going down it kind of it, that, that partnership has a different emphasis um uh, yeah which 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 has its limitations um i've yeah, got to ask you uh, yeah, sorry, no, please. I, yeah it has its limitation but it's of course very very needed what yes. we said very early on is we are good at the other part and we'll yeah. stick to what we're good at and then there will be a lot of different other players doing like flexible claim systems and stuff like that that can take the other part but we'll focus on the part that we're good at uh, and yeah. nothing else yeah 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 i should uh, i should keep replaying that in my uh, in my <laughs> in my own team uh, <laughs> um so I, I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, this this very obvious thing is, you know, we started at the top saying there's lots of embedded solutions. It's kind of the buzzword of 2022 for me. Um, I don't want to call it a buzzword, but, you know, the theme. Yeah, you the, can the, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do it. The theme of the theme of 2022. What's driving that? What's what's driving that for you? Um, you know, what, why, why are we seeing it hit ahead of steam now? Oh, I think that there's actually multiple... Uh, answers to that, that there's most cases, there's multiple answers to a question, right? <laughs> um, but um, so, so one thing being, of course, you see that the, the, the partners, so the embedders in our world, <laughs> the one that embeds an insurance in, uh, solution, but it's not risk carrier at all, uh, are seeing in an enormous uh, uh, expansion on every one of their uh, customer interactions being online, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And historically, most of them have had some sort of insurance add-on. And of course, they cannot have that, that every interaction is online and digital and stuff like that. And they say, all right, we have also, we have this nice offer for you. Would you please phone us? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they cannot have like a, a worse customer journey for the add-ons because then the add-on will probably not do very well. Um, mm. so, so that's, that's one thing around that. Then we see the, the other thing is like, um, we see the, the direct business in digital sales. So the insurers and reinsurers, uh, putting their, their, their own products on their own webpage, mm-hmm. um, is something that like, at least throughout Europe, the last five years has been growing insanely big, <laughs> um, as has happened a lot and. Um, in, in Penny, we have the saying that nobody uh, wakes up in the morning thinking about insurance, right? Um, well, except us. Um, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, but normal, normal people, like my mom, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody does that. So, there's, no. so, so the basic uh, demand side of, of supply demand in here, the basic demand side is two people around the globe, basically, right? And mm-hmm. that doesn't really change because the insurers are going uh, direct with their own digital solution. Mm. But what has happened throughout the last five years is that all the insurance companies have, 90% of all the uh, insurance companies have done that. So they have overpopulized uh, the the supply side and Mm. it's still only two people (laughs) that Mm. is on the demand side, right? And who wins on that play? Well, uh, Google, right? So we, I think most of us know what the AdWords pricing uh, is for for insur- for different insurance categories, and it's it's insane, right? It's, yeah. It's gotten to the point. I actually talked to to a client yesterday 
in Spain, where if they were to to try and and sell on their own direct channel, they were better off taking an agent, putting him in the car and drive out to the customer than they were trying to drive the customer to their own website, right? Because it would be more expensive. Um, Yeah. And and that's just what we are saying. So basically, it makes sense when we are living in this world that it's too expensive digitally to move the customer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we have low interest products and we have uh, like (laughs) a high high, supply side in here. So maybe we'll just move the products to where the customers are digitally. Um, That's basically it. Um, Yeah. 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 That's fascinating, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe the. Oh, sorry. I actually had a point. No, please. Because then also, I think that in terms of the embedded part of insurance, so that's not going only for digital, but but in, in general, we also see the embedded part growing, right? Um, and, and I think that on the insurance side comes out of, well, some of the, some of the success from, from North uh, European countries and stuff like that. We see in the Nordics, like we have combined rates uh, that I think most of, the, uh, most of the rest of the world would be, like, if I say that, well, some of our clients up here have combines on, on their on the motor insurance at, at 78, right? Uh, wow. Then, well, like, how are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, um, and, and that comes from like, I think that in, in, in Denmark alone, I think it's around 60% of our insurances that are sold by non-risk carriers. Um, mm. um, and Interesting. of course, people are looking at that and saying, we, there's different countries, doesn't need to be in the Nordic. Other countries actually have this down as well. But it just mm. has a massive uh, impact on the technical result, and and that things I, I think that drives it uh, the change as well. Mm. Uh, that's so interesting because I, I I I've asked that question a few times now, and 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 that's that's probably well, firstly the most comprehensive answer. But I think we've always gone down the line of well, technologically we can make it happen now. So that was that was always kind of the starting point. But but I think that second point about essentially it's almost like old school. The, the cost of digital and selling on digital. It's almost like the cost of the high street's got too expensive that you've got mm-hmm. to look at a different way. It's, a, it's a, like sort of the, it's the new version of kind of going online, even though we're talking about online. You know, yeah. if, if Google's the high street, it's so expensive to kind of get prime location that it's not worth it's not worth being off the high street because you don't sell anything anyway. So there's no point being on page three, page three of your Google results. You're better off kind of trying to find who is on on the first page and, and how can you yeah. sell through them so yeah that's 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 really interesting to me um i was going to ask this question about threat and i and i and i put a question about how much of a threat does embedded insurance pose to traditional insurance market but i think it's it's very clear because of the way that you're kind of building these intense partnerships that it's not a threat it's an opportunity mm-hmm. um but i suppose does it changing that slightly is there a slight threat in that if their embedded sort of offering is so good, it's so slick, it's so well built because they're working with partners that are sort of technology first, it kind of poses a a threat to their existing offering or not even a threat, but basically does it demand that they upgrade maybe their sort of existing tech stack or, or do you think it has any implications kind of to the kind of broader business of that carrier? Well, in, in most of the forecasting I have seen for the next five or six years, and you know, it's like when you see a forecast from McKinsey, it's like, yeah, 
somebody came up with this methodology in I don't know how, and they're never presenting the methodology, but never mind. Um, <laughs> the growth of the digital embedded insurance is not bigger than the growth of the uh, insurance business in general. Sure. Um, so that that means that it might actually not be it might not be cannibalizing. It might just be that the rest of the uh, sales channels, the distribution, the rest of the distribution channels are, are staying at a status quo. We don't know, uh, mm -hmm. but but it also. It it might actually be more to uh, um, an an omni-channel portfolio approach, right? Mm. So what we see it's it's in it's really really hard to sell seven insurances online. If I want to, if if I could put it bluntly, I've actually heard of a company uh, selling uh, once nine insurances uh, to in Sweden. In a, in a sitting uh, to digitally to a, uh, an end customer. And they haven't even built the solution for that. So it, he did it sequentially. Uh, it took him like 55 minutes. Wow. Uh, but, but we know that when, we, when, you put, uh, when you put insurance offers or you put products online, then you're selling more one string and you're not selling full portfolios. You you're, you're have a, lab, a lower uh, product average product basket, right? Uh, so that means, of course, that this is, in, in many cases, uh, doing a sale on, on one product is a really, really hot lead for your agent, basically. So mm -hmm. you, you're optimizing that channel as well uh, mm -hmm. when you're doing that. So I think it works uh, combined. or it Actually, it, it kind of plays out so, so they don't get that many cold leads and things like that. Um, but what we what we can see is like that for every other distribution channel, you have the cost of selling the next policy basically is a bit higher, right? Mm. So the the next agent you put on, he would be a little less effective. He needs a little we need a little bit of bit better administration around him and stuff like that. The same goes for telemarketing and and so forth, right? And mm -hmm. um, when you're doing the direct uh, online sales, we also know that the next uh, customer you will drive to your to your to your website it will be a you have to pay a little more to google than the last one you did right yeah and, and what we see here is the exact opposite you actually have like uh, you have decreasing cost of sales for the next policy mm. um, and 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 if you are really really good at handling your partner operation as an insurer or reinsurer in here you can actually have like an exponential decreasing uh, cost of sales in here um, wow. And then you you figure out so how do I actually support that and build um, the other channels to actually work with it instead of I, I'm not much for the cannibalizing thing also because the cannibalizing thing is assuming that there is a fixed market of people taking up exactly this insurance with you uh, today mm. no probably not but if mm. you show it three times to them out there then they might actually come to the conclusion that they need this security um yeah 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 because yeah, something that just just you know i think the, the best view on these things is always from a personal level I, I i just see the new opportunities there are certain insurances that i do not buy as an individual um and mm -hmm. and, a, and as a business owner to be fair that, that i know you could sell me but you mm -hmm. have to come to me in the right place um, and that isn't waiting for me to call you. 
and that isn't something I'm going to look for. But there are certain embedded opportunities, certainly when I'm buying you know, certain things of the business, when I'm buying certain things, my personal life, you know, like, like I've, I, I've, I don't think I haven't had phone insurance for a decade. But I, but I, but I need it. I mean, my phones, phones are astronomically expensive. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, and they're completely broken six days after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got smash grid as well. Um, But, but that's it. But that's, that's one example. Personal cyber is probably another one, but definitely kind of like additional coverages for for my, yeah. But there are windows of time where you could sell me something, and 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 that's not happening. And and that would be in addition to all the insurances I take. So there's definitely kind of additional, especially when you've got kind of, you know, with this technology becomes opportunities as well to sell different insurances that, you know, I was, I was telling one of my new team members, um, they couldn't get their head around the fact that there was parametric weather coverage for if you went on holiday and you had worse than expected weather. And yes. they were, they'd just been on a really expensive honeymoon and they went, I would 100% buy that. Went, of course you would. Yes. But it's one part education, a two part opportunity. Like I know yes. it exists, you don't. But if you if you got it for your travel agent, whether it's built in, um, yeah. you'd get and, it. And, and, and then also it's, it's, it's um, we have to acknowledge when we are going online that this is a, this is a, ten, it's an intention game, right? So mm. your, your brain basically has, very limited capabilities of taking in information. Uh, you know me very and, well, Simon. You know me no, well. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sorry. It's 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 nothing to do with you. That's the human race, and <laughs> and and our, our world around us has the uh, is is exp- exponential growing in in how much they want our attention, right? Mm. Um, and and how do we work with that? Well, we've seen like you know if you you'll uh, you'll try to look for some shoes on some sort of website, then the next. Uh, three weeks, even though you bought the shoes, you will get retargeting uh, with those shoes, right? Um, it will mm-hmm. come up constantly. Uh, but how do we then think in insurance that nah, we'll, we'll bother the customer once a year? Then we'll hope we hit the right thing. And, and, and we see in our data that, um, that for each time we hit the, the same customer in a year, the, the, the probability of that customer converting will mm. grow. Mm-hmm. And we have up to 32 times in a year and it's still growing. And then I would assume at some point there's a breaking point when it starts growing down, but we haven't hit that breaking point. And I'm like insurance haven't in most cases, they haven't woken up to that realization yet that mm. there's probably a reason why retargeting is there. And that is because it works, right? Uh, you might not at the same time, well, the exact moment that your telemarketing or your agent decides to call uh, that, that, person that might not be the right time mm-hmm. so so finding the right moment and of course we see we see it in every case the closer you embed your insurance offering to the core like the the goal of the customer so let's face it insurance is never an uh, customer's goal it's mm-hmm. it's some sort of weird add-on that can help me feel pleasure and, and security in my goal be that a car be that a house whatever and the closer we embed the insurance to that, the less likely they are to seek out second opinions, the less likely they are, or the more likely they are of actually uh, accepting the offer and they are actually willing to pay more for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and this is our data, but I think it's in 2014, the British FCA did live tests online on this and found the same thing. Really? Um, yes. 
Interesting. They, yeah, they actually have a team of behavioral economics that did that. So that's why I'm. Ah. I don't, I, I don't did, don't know why the rest of the like it's what it's eight years ago. How is that report where they actually publicized this? How is this not mandatory reading for everyone in the insurance industry? Yeah, I mean, don't. I, I, the amount of times I I read about um, obviously in recruitment, I'm always re- reading about wars on talent. Uh, what people want. Nobody adjusts, nobody's adjusted any of their recruitment processes, their offering, you know, and it's like yeah. people are saying they don't like what we, the way we structure it uh, in terms of recruitment processes. They, you know, people have a lovely ignorance of data um, from a cultural standpoint, I think, you know, there, there's, there's, there is, there's a huge problem there. Um, I mean, this leads us nicely onto, and we've probably covered some of this, but, you know, with your educational background and, 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 and your, your background in, in, organizational uh, economics and um what how are customers really making decisions when they're buying insurance like what what is happening there um i suppose <laughs> that's what we got to get to uh, and yes. i know obviously different profiles of customers etc but kind of what is what is happening when that's happening so there's a lot of things happening but i, I will try to give some simple examples right yeah uh, so the first thing is of course that when we have basic no interest in this, uh, then if people are presented with, and, and this is nothing to do with segmentation or, or cultural, this is how we are structured as a human race. If we are presented with something that looks hard and we don't see an upside in terms of uh, survival, basically, right. yeah. in it, uh, then we're just going to say, nah, that's not going to happen. Uh, that's why I always, uh, I always uh, think of insurance as, as the perfect procrastination product. I think, mm-hmm. I know I culturally, I know I've been taught I should have this, but when, when it pops up, like, nah, not really. And then I hit the red cross and I'm, I'm not saying I don't need insurance. I'm just saying I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then tomorrow I'm going to do the same and blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. 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 So that's one thing. So, so in there for each question you are asking in the, in the quoting process, i tend to use this as an example it's it's not the perfect data but i'm not going to reveal the perfect data oh mm-hmm. uh, but for each question you're asking in the quoting process you're actually killing off 50 percent of the potential customers for each question interesting right? yeah and when you get when you then get to the binding process of so now people have actually seen the price they have chosen what kind of uh, coverages they want now you're at the binding process now it's 25 percent instead right mm. now they, they have gotten to a point where most of them can see what, what's in it for me. In the quoting part of it, like, yeah, I'm, I really don't have any interest in delivering perfect underwriting data for the insurers. Mm-hmm. I don't see why I have an interest in that. Mm-hmm. I, I know people are not thinking like that, but that is basically what happens, right? And that also means like when you put your, your processes of quote and bind online, like if you remove, uh, I'm not saying changing underwriting, but if you remove a a quoting question and say like 80% of our customers are choosing this or are answering like this, and then ask them to confirm it in the binding process. Instead, you will see a huge increase in conversions. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like struggle, working with the, with the current underwriting because we never propose to change underwriting because then we know that it's 24 months later and we never got anything live. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you can actually restructure it. So, so you can fire default stuff. You can ask them in different ways and things like that. Um, so, so that's 
like that part. And then you have like, when you get to a product, people don't know what they need. Of course they mm. don't. Like mm-hmm. in most cases, just pick up the, your average friend, or I always say my mom, if I could, I need to be able to present an insurance offer that she can take up. Yeah. Like she's nice and sweet old lady, but she knows fuck all of the <laughs> 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 um, Right. Um, and if I can hit her, if she can understand what we're taking up, she can actually make a decision around it. Then I could, then I'm going to hit everyone. Right. Mm. That's actually good. Um, so most people don't know. And what insurers have tend to do is play on the one uh, thing that they can do. That's the price. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but more likely than not, we see that in every other business, we've seen it for 50 years in every other business, like presented as, three different packages. And I assure you that 80% will choose the middle one. And it's not because it has the perfect price or it has the perfect coverages, but it's actually because they're doing a mental process saying, oh, this is the small one. That's probably not good enough for me. And this is the big one. That is way too big for me, right? So they end up in the middle one. And we see that even when we change it. So we propose to put in an even bigger one and then we take out the small one. Then it's the new middle one. Right, so it's nothing to do with coverage price uh, ratio in here. It's actually the mental process. That's the same way you're buying coffee or or software, <laughs> mm, right? Mm, uh, mm. And it's it's basically the same mental process they're doing because this is this is what they have to hang their decisions on. Mm. Um, yeah. Press, so. Um, uh- <laughs> no, sorry, please. Yeah. I just no. I just I, I just I just had to. Is that why? Um, you may or may not know this answer. I mean, this is not an insurance question, but I was like about software. Is that why we can't often have the freemium model? Because you've got the you've got the freemium, then you've got the kind of like entry level paid for, and then you've got the advanced, which is usually really expensive. Uh, and most users will go, well, I'll I'll pay for the minimum usage case because then you're it's an easy conversion because it's like the yeah. Actually, that that's two uh, psychological mechanics that work at the same time because most would probably go with the freemium. That's the that's the drug dealer. Uh, psychological effect, <laughs> right? First fix is free. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, the one Ryanair uses, right? Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you actually want to sit down? Uh, then we'll add a 20 <laughs> euros, right? You want to go to the toilet? Five euros uh, on top yeah, of that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so that's another psychological effect. Um, but yeah, that, it's messed up in some cases. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but we see it very clear in, in these cases with insurances. And then there's really really ordinary stuff as we know that uh, the human brain processes uh, zeros and fives way faster than any other things any other numbers right um and um, that's just the case so if the insurance is hard to understand and the process of taking up the insurance is hard to understand there's a high probability that people are going to say nah i'm not 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 today um but but if you can make the process easy Right. And one of the processes, uh, the things you have to process is the numbers in here. Mm-hmm. And please let it end on a zero. Right. And right. we actually we, we see. So insurers want to calculate the exact risk. Right. Micro tariffing, everything. And like, yeah, probably not. We've tried this and it's, it's really, really steady result on if you're ending on zero or five, which is a little bit higher conversion rate on everything. Um, Fascinating. I'm going to yeah. saw my, I'll saw my pricing out. Um, the, uh, it, it comes, I, I suppose, what I think this comes into a little bit as well is, is one of the problems insurance has is with trust. 
Um, and and I'm I'm quite interested about the kind of conversation about trust and embedded insurance because the the, the classic one is, is is flights right. So whenever I book mm. a flight, I'm always offered my travel cover. Um, like I'm one of these, well, I, I'm one of these people that used to have worldwide travel cover all the time because I travel quite a lot. Um, hasn't been needed, so I haven't bought it as much. Uh, but I, I'm one of these people. I would never buy it from 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 an airline. I just there's a there's a trust thing mainly about me not getting the right price. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we overcome those sorts of kind of hurdles, or or do we not? Am I I'm just I'm just someone that they're they're not going to sell to. <laughs> Uh, so that might be one thing, but yeah. I think what you're asking me here is how do we fix the trust issues of airlines? And I don't know how to do that. Uh, because, yeah. of course, when you're doing embedded, the brand you're embedded with and, and their trust level is the key here. Because mm-hmm. people don't, like, they, they're, not that, uh, <laughs> they're not that concerned with brands as people tend to be, right? So they don't, like, all right, then through this, I got an insurance with, with that, right? And I was like, yeah, I bought a phone and got insurance with it. That's the same brand, basically, in, in their perception, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of yeah. course, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the trust of the embedder that's the important part in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't tell the insurance companies about that. They love the brand. So. Well, I thought that because I'm pretty confident. I, I, I'm sure EasyJet's like Allianz or something. But and, and and even knowing what I know about insurance, and knowing that it's the, the coverage is pretty, probably pretty good, and and knowing enough about insurance, I could probably read through it and work out whether it's right for me. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to buy it here. I'm going to go on to some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to go to a comparison site. I'm going to run that through, and, and I suppose that's the challenge. I, I I think one of the kind of pushbacks I personally had emotionally about talking about embedded insurance was exactly this, that you're borrowing the, the, the not borrowing, but you're utilizing the brand that you're, that you're embedding with. So like that's mm-hmm. where you're buying it from. And, and, and so it's but, interesting. But, yeah. But that's, that's actually a key point. So when we started out, we started looking uh, as well, well, we did a lot of things, but we started actually looking at what is, what is the motivation and the expectations of the embedders throughout the world, mm. the partners in here? And it turns out we weren't able to find a single solid study on it. Uh, that's interesting <laughs> as a starting point, right? That we couldn't find a, a, a single so, uh, solid study on it. So we actually ended up doing ourselves uh, one, one for, for, for Europe. Like mm-hmm. We asked, I can't remember how many European uh, embedders so mm-hmm. what is your motivation? What are you looking for? Blah, 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 blah. A lot of different questions got them in and crunched the numbers in there. And it actually turns out that uh, I think it was around above 70%, I can't remember the exact numbers, were, were of course, they, their motivation is, is, is that the additional revenue stream. Now, let's not kid anyone, right? Uh, but the exact same amount of percentage, somewhat, uh, 70s said that their motivation was retention and, and that's that's actually crucial so what you're mm. what you're offering as a partner is like you you, you add trust to your basic uh, offering uh, when you do say like so this is so good that we want to ensure it as well and we want you long time relationship with you and blah 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 so it's not like borrowing or stealing the trust of the embedder it's it's more coming together 
uh, in that mm. way. So it's mm. it's almost to the point where you're like cradle to grave or handling the, the entire uh, ecosystem around the product you're, you're selling, right? Uh, mm. So if, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, as you're saying that, I'm, um, my mind's immediately going back to those kind of, because when I, I naively heard about these weather coverages, for example, you know, good weather uh, parametric embedded solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, well, well, would you buy that? and be a bit expensive. And then then I've missed the point is, what, is that, no, you probably won't buy it. But if you go and buy a top end honeymoon package, it's almost certainly going to be included because they'll go, oh, you know, we want you to have a great time. We're going to ensure you're, you know, uh, you have the, the best weather that you're hoping for. And it and and it gives you then another opportunity to be creative with your products for, and, mm-hmm. and with creative with your partners. You know, it's like, yes. right, what are what can we do now around retention that, that insurance can offer as um, and the banks have obviously been doing this for years. You know, you, you paid yeah. for uh, banking. I mean. Yeah, well, last time I probably had that phone coverage is when I had a paid-for bank account and and yeah. and you know doing doing all those sorts of things. So, you know, have you? I, I, this is a sort of off the cuff. Have you seen anything particularly innovative in terms of products that's quite new and unique that's utilised kind of your technology? Have you, uh, that's kind of yeah stood out. Um, yeah, I, I can. So, so uh, yeah, I'm starting at another point, and then I get get to the point, right? Um, so around the weather part, I'm I think you are uh, underestimating how much the actual vacation is worth in in like in more it's worth in more uh, categories than money, right? Mm, so course, I know yeah. it's not it's not it's not widely spread the offer of doing that. But, but what is in there is, of course, not only the pricing of the insurance versus the pricing of the actual vacation, but it's actually also like people saying, I have one or two vacations a year, mm. right? So that is what I'm betting here. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm trying to cover. That is like, if it's raining, <laughs> when I have that one, one week in Spain, right? And it's yeah. raining, then I actually need the money to go do something awesome with the kids indoor. Yeah, um, and and that's what they're covering. That's the one vacation a year, not mm-hmm. the actual money in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Fair. Yeah. And, fair. and and yeah. we and we actually see this that like when we see an all on all our uh, variables throughout customer journeys and stuff like that, uh, and and like do a multi-dimensional regression analysis, then the pricing is really, really, really not the most important part of whether or not you're going to sell. Mm-hmm. It's, it's far from the most important part. What mm-hmm. we see is actually the, and this is a proxy, but we see the URL of your embedding is the most important part of how you are performing as an embedder. And come back to that, that's basically your placement, right? So the placement within different customer journeys. And, and now you mentioned like if you're, buy an expensive, uh, expensive uh, honeymoon with all-inclusive and, and also like a, a bundled, what we call a bundle insurance in there. Um, but then all of a sudden as an insurer, you're limited to doing only insurance sales when a transaction happens through a partner and a, uh, with a partner and end customer. Mm. But what we actually see is one of our top performing solution is, is uh, an embedment that is placed within editorial content. 
and it's not linked to any sort of transaction between the the embedder and the uh, and the end customer. But within that editorial content, it actually it actually says, all right. So if you want to take up the the best way to take up the most optimal motor uh, insurance, right? That is to uh, go out in the market, right? Test with five, six different players, play them out against each other, and then it goes through how you should do it step by step. And then in between there is our little solution saying you could also just put in your license plate, your not your uh, your age and your address, and you get the price. And that is performing insanely great. And I think I don't know because I haven't done any like uh, solid uh, split testing on it, but I I think it's because um, exposing the the journey of what you should do if you want to get the best product for the cheapest version is putting some uh, authority or trust into, but we are willing to expose our product right here and you can get it done in three minutes, right? Mm. Um, but I don't know. Mm. Um, but it's just really important that when you're thinking of better insurance, like we have the scale that we say we have from from related and or overlinked to, to bundle. So, when we say bundle, that's the one you, you mentioned. That's a honeymoon yeah. where it's in the price, right? Yeah. Uh, but you then you have as an insurer, your customer database is the same as the amount of customer taking up the, the honeymoon <laughs> offer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have the link one, that's for your phone or something else. Like you're buying a product that you can do a checkbox and say, I want this one. That's the one Amazon runs, right? Um, and, and in here, you again, you are dependent on a transaction happening between the partner and the end customer. And then you have the related one, uh, which we actually see as performing the best right now. Uh, not, it, not in conversion rate, because it's actually a parallel customer journey within the partner universe. Mm-hmm. But what can happen here is, of course, you can hit the same, you can hit your customer base with this uh, post-sale, pre-sales. You can, you can do it five times a year, some some digital partners struggle to have actual offers to give uh, to tell people that they have in the newsletters every every month and stuff like that. So so that's why you don't need the transaction, mm. and, and that that actually increases the so it lowers your conversion rate, but the amount of people going top funnel is wildly increased. Right? Um, yeah. Interesting. Genuinely something that uh, I wasn't aware of. I, I think with Embedded, I was always thinking either bundled or, or linked. And uh, and I didn't think about the fact that you've got these parallel journeys that people go on. Um, I think there's a whole hour more podcast I've asked you about that, but I don't want to overstay <laughs> my welcome, so I won't. So I'll end on a, you know, we were starting this conversation, actually, which yeah. we didn't record, which is about it's always important to know what you don't know. And uh, I, I've, I've discovered something I didn't know about Embedded, which is which is great, considering, um, you know, how much we talked about it. So, Simon, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I won't overstay our welcome. So um, thank you very much for being a guest. Um, that was genuinely, like, really super interesting. Um, but I always like to finish on you know you being able to kind of tell us what's happening this year in 2022 um uh, for for penny.io um any any particular kind of announcements that you're able to make or willing to make or want to make uh you know this is this is that this is that window of time what's coming up well we're basically just putting a 3x in front of all our numbers this this year 
<laughs> simple, simple. Yes. We're doing, we're that's, doing... <laughs> that's easier, right? <laughs> uh, that, that's that's my target this year as well. So uh, let's 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 hope we both get there. But that's brilliant. Thank you, Simon. Uh, appreciate your time and thanks for being a guest on the the Leadership and Insurance podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.